Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Hope Is Here podcast. My name is Gabe Schumacher, and this is episode 5, where we are going to be diving into Psalm 31. Uh, Psalm 31 is something that has really been on my heart for the past couple of days. I've really been studying it and reading it. Um, I mean, today I had verses 1 and 2 just in my back pocket. I had wrote them down this morning and just carried them out through the day. And every once in a while, I would just pull them out and read them and focus on them. And I'd think about this verse all day. But we're just going to go right ahead and jump into it. In you, O Lord, I put my trust. Let me never be ashamed. Deliver me in your righteousness. Bow down your ear to me. Deliver me speedily. Be my rock of refuge, a fortress of defense to save me. Just these two verses alone, uh, there's just so much. You know, um, each verse is like an onion. You know, you, d- you just peel peel it open and there's another layer, another layer, something more to dive into, something more to learn from it. That's really how every single verse of the Bible is. That's why people can preach on a whole chapter or even just one verse uh, for their entire life. You know, um, for example, uh, Kenneth Hagin, he preached on Mark eleven twenty three um, a lot. That was his verse <laughs> that he just dove into and, and opened up. But, you know, just kind of, Starting starting over and breaking down this verse and these two verses to start with line by line. In you, O Lord, I put my trust. Now, when I read that, that brings the question to me of what am I putting my trust in? Am I putting my trust in my job? Am I putting my trust in my own strength? Am I putting my trust in my social life? What is it that I am putting my trust in? And if I'm putting my trust in myself, then I'm going to fail. I will not prosper. I will not succeed. I will be a failure because it's okay to fail. Because fail, failing is the foundation of success, but... You cannot fail yours where you stay down. It's okay to fail as long as you get back up, but you cannot stay down. Because if you keep on getting up, that means you're learning something. When you keep on getting up after you fail, that means that you're less likely to make that mistake again. You know, one of the people that I really look up to and I really learn a lot from, um, he has said that you have to be creative with your mistakes. You know, when you mess up, when you fail, whatever. Um, get back up and don't make that mistake again. If you happen to make it again, that's okay. That's a learning experience. But if you're constantly repetitively making the same mistake over and over and over again, then it becomes a cycle and you can't let that happen because then you're not learning anything. Then you're staying stagnant. You're not moving. You're not progressing anywhere in life. But in you, O Lord, I put my trust in everything I do in ever in every endeavor that I take on in life. I want to put my hope and trust in the Lord. I want to put my confidence in him, knowing that he is who he says he is, knowing that the God that I serve is greater, that greater is he that is in me than he who is in the world. I want to know that. I want to know that whatever battle I may be fighting, God is so much greater than that. You know, he died on the cross so that I could have victory. Through Christ, we are more than conquerors. Now, what does that mean? You know, how how do you, that's uh, Romans 8, I believe 37, but in Romans chapter 8, but um, how do you be more than a conqueror? You know, being more than a conqueror is you go into the battle, you win the battle, and then you leave the battle even stronger, even smarter than you were when you entered the battle. That's be more than a conqueror. That's winning. That's winning to its fullest. You know, and God wins. God can't lose. He's the ultimate champion. He's the ultimate winner. And I think it's so awesome that he has given us his spirit. The same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead is inside of us, is living in us. We have the same power to do the same miracles and more that Jesus did. So why are we doubting ourselves? Why are we saying that, oh, who am I to do that? Who am I to do this? You know, and that is the basis. You know, we are 
I mean, in a way, we are just humans without God. We are small. We are weak. We can't do anything. But God is so powerful and God is in us. So we need to put aside the old self and look to the new self. The new creation does not abide by the laws of the old creation. So therefore, the the new creation doesn't constantly repetitively lose. The new creation may mess up once or twice, you know, here, there, or whatever, as many times. But like I said before, the new creation is creative with its mistakes. The new creation is always progressing. The new creation is always going forward and moving forward, not dwelling on the past things. It says in Isaiah 43 or 44, I believe, that we for, we want to forget the things of the past. We don't want to look to the past. We want to move forward. Uh, Paul says to press on towards the mark, to keep on going. Um, I love how God is just such a champion. He's such a winner. There's no There's nothing about God that says lost. There's nothing about God that says losing. You know, God doesn't... Um, he, he doesn't lose. There's nothing of, what, how, how do I say that? Um, I guess mainly, <laughs> I know it's the third time I've said it in this one sentence, but God doesn't lose. You know, God is a God of overabundance. God is a God of overflow. God will never let you run dry. God will never let you only have um, like a, a little smidget or a little little bit of something. God is a God of overflow. But anyways, um, moving on, let me never be ashamed. It says on the next line in the first verse, let me never be ashamed. Deliver me into your righteousness. Now that brings me back to Romans eight. Um, well, let's turn there. I, I believe it's Romans eight, one. Um, let's see. Romans 8, sorry, I went past it. Romans 8, 1. Yeah, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Now, if the Holy Spirit is in you, you walk according to the Spirit. So therefore, for you, if you are, um, if you have received the baptism, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you, there's no condemnation for you. You don't have to feel shameful about everything. So when David says, let me never be ashamed, it's like, When we read that, we want to take a hold of our covenant. We want to take a hold of the covenant which God has made with us. And even if we mess up, even if we fail, we're not supposed to feel bad about that. We should feel convicted. You know, there should be a conviction about us to make us push on and and do better and get closer to God. But we don't have to feel ashamed. We don't have to feel bad that we've messed up. Deliver me into your righteousness. What that means is just make me just. You know, make me whole again, Lord. You know, make me feel... um, I mean, take whatever, whatever that, that, that bad taste in my mouth is, whatever it may be, take it away from me, Lord. Make me just, make me righteous, make me whole again. Uh, moving into verse two, bow down your ear to me, deliver me speedily. You know, I love that. And that brings me back to the honesty of David and the, uh, just how he opened up his heart before the Lord. Um, he's asking the Lord, please, I listen to me, bow down your ear to me. Hear me, God, hear me, God, when I'm speaking. And now the next part I really like, be my rock of refuge, a fortress of defense to save me. Now, a rock of refuge, another word for refuge is strength. Be the rock of my strength. So when I read that, I see, be the, be the source, be the foundation of my strength. You know, in this life, we can go to, there is so many options that we can turn to, to find strength. We can turn to alcohol. We can turn to nicotine. We can turn to just about anything that's not God that can give us strength, caffeine, um, you know, anything of this, anything in this world, we can almost turn to to find strength. 
But I don't want that to be the foundation of my strength. I don't want those worldly things to be the foundation of my strength. Now, I'm not saying like caffeine is bad or whatever, you know, because, um, you know, some of those things aren't necessarily bad unless they're used totally out of proportion, you know. But I guess, for example, for me, alcohol, me personally, I don't drink um, mainly because when I think of it, okay, so I, I take one drink. Now, would I want that to be multiplied? Would I want more than this? And the answer to that is no. So if I am about to do something, I have to ask myself, do I want this in more than it is now? And if the answer is no, then I don't want to do it. If the answer is yes, then, well, I'll go ahead and do it. You know, like the word. When, I, when I'm reading the word, it's like, okay, do I want this in more? Well, of course. I'm going to keep on reading the word. I'm going to dive into the word. But anyways, where were we? Um, yeah, be my rock of refuge. Be the source. Be the foundation of my strength. That's what I was saying. I want the Lord, I want the Word, I want the living Spirit of God and the Word of God to be the foundation of my strength, to be the foundation of my success. A fortress of defense to save me. Uh, Well, we're going to move on to verse 3 where it says, For you are my rock and my fortress. Therefore, for your name's sake, lead me and guide me. Now, verse 4 is is really good, and we're going to pause on that. Pull me out of the net which they have secretly laid for me. You know, when I read this, I see God's provision for me. I see that God is always looking out for me. You know, the nets, those those traps, those things that I may not know about that I fall into, those things that um, I don't realize I'm in. I don't realize that I'm in a bad place until I'm in there. That's where God, God's provision, God's provision, God's grace, God's mercy abounds in my life. Because there he pulls me out of it. He doesn't leave me there and say, well, I, you should have been watching for that. Um, you should have known that was coming. No, God doesn't act like that. God is merciful. God is gracious. God is abounding in mercy, abounding in grace, and he's going to pull me out of that net. So right now, if, you, if you're in a situation where you may have gotten into it unintentionally or you may have gotten into it just when you weren't thinking right, God's gracious. God's merciful. He's not going to leave you there. He loves you. Um, he wants to bring you out. He wants to bring you above because he says that you are the head and not the tail. He says that you are above only and never beneath. So don't think that God can't deliver you because you messed up so terribly. Uh, that's where you repent. You come before God and say, Lord, I am truly actually sorry. You repent and you change your ways and you just keep on going. You keep on trucking along, you know, and God God brings you above. God brings you back. You can't let the devil be speaking in your ear saying that you're not going to be good enough or that you're not good enough or you have to be good, um, that you have to be a good person in order to come to Jesus and ask for forgiveness. Well, Paul talks about that and he says if if you have to be, a, basically in, um, in summary, he says if you have to be a good person in order to go to Jesus for forgiveness, in order to go to the Father for forgiveness, then Christ died in vain. What did Christ die for if you have to be perfect to come before the Father. No, it's you can be broken. You can be totally, absolutely shattered and go before the Father and he'll forgive you and he'll take you in. Because it says in John that whoever comes to me in my name, I will never cast out, but I will I will bring him in. Um, so yeah, God is not looking to turn you away. No matter who you are, where you are, he will not turn you away. He's going to bring you in and he's going to love you. Now you just need to fall into him and lean into him and take that embrace from the father. You know, that's something that we're going to be talking about in a later devotional or maybe even this devotional, I guess we'll see. But um, leaning on the father, you know, the Bible never says that you're supposed to fall on God. It says lean into him, press into him, etc. 
um, we don't want any space between ourselves and God. We want to always be right there and close. But that's a message for another podcast, I think. So we're going to keep on trucking along in Psalm 31. Um, okay, moving on into the last part of four and the beginning of five. For you are my strength. Into your hand I commit my spirit. So when I read that in verse five where it says, Into your hand I commit my spirit, I just see, Lord, I'm yours. I am yours to do whatever you want to do with me. Um, I want to be a vessel for you, Lord. I want to just totally open up my life towards you. You know, um, when the Holy Spirit directs us to do something, it's very important that we just jump in. You know, we jump in and do it before our mind talks us out of it. Because your mind needs to be renewed daily. Because it's always in contact with the world. It's in contact with the world every day. That's why we need to get in the Word we, and we need to renew our mind daily. Like it says in Romans 12.2. Romans 12, 2 says to not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Keep it on going. Um, you have redeemed me, O Lord God of truth. I have hated those who regard useless idols, but I trust in the Lord. I will be glad and rejoice in your mercy. For you have, oh, this, this is, okay, so this right here, this is probably one of my favorite parts of the whole entire chapter. Um, where this 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 verse really sparked my attention. This verse really got me into Psalm 31. And as soon as I read this verse, I was like, I really need to talk on this chapter. But it says, For you have considered my trouble. You have known my soul in adversities and have not shut me up into the hand of the enemy. You have set my feet in a wide place. Now, that's kind of what I was talking about before, uh, that you don't have to be perfect. You don't have to be a good person in order to go to the Father for forgiveness. Um, you just have to be a person. But it says here, you have known my soul in adversities. Right now, if you're facing adversity, right now, if you're going through trial and uh, tribulation, I want you to know that God knows you. God knows your soul in adversities. He's seen you in adversities. He's seen how you handle things. He's seen you at, at your lowest place. And he's been with you. And he wants to He wants to help you and bring you out above that place. But it, God's not necessarily sympathetic for us, but he's he's... How do I say this? I guess um, he knows what you're going through is what I'm getting at. He knows exactly what you're going through and he wants to help you because he brought himself to a lower level. 2,000 years ago, he loved us so much. He said, I am going to still be God, but I'm going to bring myself down to their level. I'm going to become a man or not become a man, but I'm going to take the form of a man and walk this earth with my people so I can help them, so I can save them and I will save them. Um, but that is how much... The Father truly loves us, that he sent his one and only Son. He sent his one and only begotten Son, like it says in John three sixteen. Um, but he knows what you're going through, and he's there for you, and he wants to bring you up and kind of, like I've gone back to a couple times, you are the head, not the tail. You are above only and never beneath. You are a champion. Um, you're a winner. You're a winner in the name of Jesus. You don't have to lose. You don't have to fail. You can, you can well, you can lose. You can fail, but... You have to take that and you have to learn from it. And like I said before, that just keeps bringing you higher. That just keeps getting you better. But moving on, um, and have not shut me up into the hand of the enemy. You have set my feet in a wide place. So when you're in those troubles and when you may mess up at certain times and speak too fast and say something that you don't mean or whatever, God's not going to shut you up into the hand of the enemy. Because like I said before, God is merciful. God is gracious. God looks out for you. And he's an understanding God. He sees what you're going through. And he, he doesn't necessarily say what you're doing is okay. He doesn't necessarily say, oh, Gabe, you were, you were in a really heated point right there. And you just totally messed up in what you said and everything. 
Um, so I'm, I'm not going to be able to help you. That's not what God says. God says, Gabe, I've seen what you're going through. I know what you're going through. I know you might have messed up. I know you spoke too fast and didn't necessarily mean what you said. So my mercy and grace is going to abound in your life. And you're going to be okay. And I forgive you. And let's keep on going, Gabe. Let's keep on pushing. Let's keep on being better. Let's get better. Let's, let's do better. That's what God says. Um, because God always lifts up. You know, God is truth. Like we read before in verse 5. Oh, Lord God of truth. He is the God of truth. Now, the truth really offends people. Um, or it can offend people. The truth can be good, but sometimes the truth is, well, the truth is never bad. It's just more offensive sometimes because not all, um, not all truth, not all true things are very nice. I guess you could say, um, like John the Baptist, when the Pharisees came down the hill, he said, Oh, brought of vipers. You know, that's a whole different kind of, that's something that I haven't really looked into, but he was, and why he said that, but John was speaking truth and the truth is offensive, but the truth will also set you free. So whether the truth offends you or not, it will set you free if you take a hold of it and you embrace it. But keeping on going, uh, let's see. You said my feet in my place. Have mercy on, okay. So this is where David really opens up his heart. And like I was talking about at the beginning of this podcast, but have mercy on me, O Lord, for I am in trouble. My eye wastes away with grief, yes, my soul and my body, for my life is spent with grief and my years with sighing. My strength fails because of my iniquity and my bones waste away. I am a reproach among all my enemies and especially among my neighbors and am repulsive to my acquaintances. Those who see me outside flee from me. I am forgotten like a dead man, out of mind. I am like a broken vessel, for I hear the slander of many. Fear is on every side while they take counsel together against me. They scheme to take away my life. Okay, so after reading all that, David seems so desperate. He seems so desolate and, in, desolate and in need of something, in need of God in his life. You know, he just seems like he's at the very bottom of his life. He seems like he's right at rock bottom or below that. Um, but you read all this and you think to yourself, man, that must be terrible. He has to turn to something. He has to fill that void. He has to help himself out or something. But then it says in verse 14 to 15, it says, but as for me, so no matter what I'm going through right now, it may be terrible. I am forgotten. I am looked down upon. I am spit on. But as for me, I trust in you, O Lord. Guys, God is so good and he will never leave you. He will never forsake you. Like I've said so many times throughout this whole entire podcast and this episode. But God will never leave you and he will never forsake you. So if God will never leave you or forsake you, why wouldn't you trust in him? Why wouldn't you trust in him that he's going to bring you through? Why wouldn't you trust in him and believe that he is who he says he is? That the God of the universe loves you and he loves you enough to send his one and only son. So if he did that 2,000 years ago and he hasn't left you since, and if the Holy Spirit has been on this earth ever since that point 2,000 years ago, why wouldn't you put your trust in him? I say, you are my God. My times are in your hand. Deliver me from the hand of my enemies and from those who persecute me. You know, David isn't necessarily saying that he enjoyed, you know, being looked down upon, being forgotten like a dead man, being spit on and all that. But he's praying to God and saying, Lord, I don't like this, but you're still my God. I will still trust in you. Lord, deliver me from my enemies and those who persecute me. But God, this... You are my God and God, I'll still trust in you because I know that you are who you say you are and you are truth and you are love and you are uplifting and encouraging towards me. You edify me, Lord. 
And Lord, I put my trust in you and I, you are my God, Lord. Now, verse 16, make your face shine upon your servant. Save me for your mercy's sake. Now, when I read make, uh, make your face shine upon your servant, I see favor. I see blessed. I see conqueror. You know, when his face shines, shines upon us, we feel his love. You know, his, those eyes that he looks upon us with love, we, we feel that and it just burns into our soul when we, when we just, you know, when his face shines upon us. Um, keep it on going. In verse 17, do not let me be ashamed. O Lord, for I have called upon you. Let the wicked be ashamed. Let them be silent in the grave. Now, it's so easy. And this is in my life, especially. I feel like it's so easy to when I mess up, when I, when I do something that I really didn't want to do or whatever, um, I, I get so ashamed and I get so down on myself. And I almost, you know, I, I almost like, backslide when I don't even mean to kind of you know I backslide just solely out of mad at myself because I messed up and that's wrong I can't do that because that's not what winners do and as God is so am I and God is a winner as God is so am I because he is in me so I am a winner I am a champion no matter what because God is a champion God is a winner no matter what so um in this David is praying like Lord I'm I know that I may want to feel ashamed when I mess up. I may, I may just almost lose sight of you, but this is more my prayer. But, but God, help me to keep my eyes fixed on you. God, help me to not be ashamed. God, help me to push on and be and, and, and press on and keep on going and trusting in you. Um, let the lying lips be put to silence, which speak insolent things proudly and contemptuously against the righteous. Oh, how great is your goodness which you have laid up for those who fear you, which you have prepared for those who trust in you in the presence of the sons of men. Now, verse 20 is something that I'm going to focus on too, where it says, you shall hide them in the secret place of your presence. From the plots of man, you shall keep them secretly in a pavilion from the strife of tongues. Now, when I saw the secret place, that's when I really kind of dove into this. You know, the secret place is where I am now. I'm sitting at my desk right now where I, I record these podcasts, but I also spend the majority of my time in the Word. It's right here at my desk. It's the secret place. It's where I go when I'm alone to just spend time with God and be in His Word and uh, just be open with God and pray to God. This is where I go for that. But in the secret place, that's where we're built up. In the secret place, that's where God prepares us for victory. So, Something that is really important for you to do is to make sure you stay in the secret place, that you have a secret place that you can go to. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that you have to be in this place to pray to God. You have to be in this place to, to, in order to succeed and have victory. But when you do have a secret place, when you do have like a designated spot that you choose to spend quality time with God, it, it does further your relationship with him because you're able to sit down and totally have no distractions. You have zero distractions whatsoever and you can just totally focus on God. Every morning and every night, I try and do this. I try and spend time in the word, spend time in the secret place. And that's something that I have to be careful of too because I can't let it get religious. You see, I can't be religious with it and use it just as a checklist because once you start using it as a checklist, that's when that's when you begin to run dry. That's when you begin to lose your learning i guess you could say you you stop learning when you're in the word you're just grinding through it you know uh spending time in the word is not supposed to be a grind 
Um, spending time in the word is just something that you do to further your relationship with God, because the best way to get to know a person is to spend time with a person. Um, and John 1, 1 says that in the beginning, the word was with God and the word was God. Um, so when you read this written word of God, when you are, when you indulge yourself in this, you indulge yourself in his presence and that's when his glory manifests. Um, let's see, where were we? Oh yeah. Okay. So... Now starting in verse 21, blessed be the Lord for he has shown me his marvelous kindness in a strong city. For I said in my haste, I am cut off before your eyes. Nevertheless, you heard the voice of my supplications um, when I cried out to you. Now that's kind of like what I was talking about. Let's see, what verse was that? Um, Okay, that, that's kind of like what I was talking about in verse 7 to 8 where it says, For you have considered my trouble, you have known my soul in adversities, and have not shut me up into the hand of the enemy, you have set my feet in a wide place. Now verse 22 to, or just verse 22, that's very similar to that. Because in haste, um, just in a hurry, quickly, without thinking, David says that um, I am cut off before your eyes. Nevertheless, nevertheless, the father heard the voice of his supplications when he cried out to him. He heard that and he um, he, he didn't cast him out. He didn't say, uh, well, you said it. You may not have thought about it before you said it. You may have just spoke too quick, but you still said it. So I can't really do anything about that. No, God is a God of mercy. God is a God of love and graciousness and his mercy and grace abounds in your life. And, um, and that's when we need it to abound the most is when we speak too fast, when we say the things that we don't really mean to say, when we do the things that we don't, that we wish we never would have did. That's when his grace and his mercy abounds fully in our life. Um, so moving on again, verse 23, we're coming to the end here. Oh, love the Lord, all you his saints. Um, that word saints there, that just means anyone with covenant, anyone with covenant with God. Old Testament uh, or New Testament, or anyone who has fallen asleep or passed away or died. <laughs> anyone, just anyone who has covenant with the Lord. Anyone who has covenant with God is a saint. Uh, a saint is, now that's kind of a misconception today, is uh, they say, oh, that person's a saint. And then when, when they hear that, it's like, oh, that person is such a good person. They're a perfect person. But that's not what it is. It's just anyone who has covenant. I have covenant with God, and I'm by far definitely not a perfect person. I've done a lot of things wrong in my life, um, but I'm still a saint. I'm still, I still have covenant with God. Um, so if you are, if you're saved, if you do what Romans 10, 9 says, if you believe in the heart, if you believe in your heart and speak with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. You're a saint. Your, your spirit is sealed. Um, you're going to make it, <laughs> you know, you, you've got it. You've got the victory. Um, but yeah, I guess that's just a quick side note, but for the Lord preserves the faithful and fully repays the proud person. Now verse 24, um, that is, that's the last verse. And this is just something that encourages me to keep on pressing on when I read this. It says be of, and my translation is the new King James, by the way. Um, it says be of good courage and he shall strengthen your heart. All you who hope in the Lord. Me personally, I am hoping in the Lord. You know, I have a good amount of things going on in my in my life right now. It, it seems like it's decently busy. and um, But I hope in the Lord. You know, I trust in the Lord. And he will strengthen my heart. He will make my heart strong. Um, 
I'm hoping in him and I'm going to be of good courage. I will be courageous. I will be strong like it says in Joshua, like God commands me to do. God says, be only strong and be only courageous because there is no room for fear. I have no fear or I have no room for fear of failure. I have no room for um, fear of losing. I can't. I have to win. I have to keep on going. I have to press on. Um, And I'm going to hope in the Lord. And when I hope in the Lord, that means that he will strengthen my heart. So I will be of good courage. But, um, yeah, that is Psalm 31. Uh, We dove into a little bit. I might even run into this verse again, or this chapter again. Um, I feel like it was a little bit scattered in some spots. But I think the main points that I really wanted to touch on were touched on. But, anyways, that's Psalm 31. Um, Spend time in that. Um, It's really good. You know, the whole Bible is really good. The Bible is very good for you. It's probably the best thing that you can do for yourself. But, anyways, um, follow at Hope is Here on Instagram for updates on this podcast, updates on devotionals. Um, but yeah, anyways, also uh, Apple Podcasts. This podcast will be up on Apple Podcasts soon. Um, it was going to be up like a week ago, but I forgot to press like the last button that basically submits it to Apple Podcasts for review and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, we're a little bit behind on that. So now it's basically getting reviewed and hopefully we'll be up on Apple Podcasts within the next week or so. I don't really know. I'm still kind of figuring it out. But anyways, I hope you all have a great night or great day, great start to your day, or whenever you're listening to this podcast. Um, it's it's currently like later at night here. It's September 16th, uh, Friday night. But anyways, yeah, have a good night, everyone, or a good time wherever you are again. But yeah, and we will catch you on the next episode. Notice I didn't call this a devotional at all. So pretty excited about that. Pretty happy about that. But anyways, have a good night, everyone. And we will see you on the next episode.